0: Matthew chapter 12. I'm going to read the first 12 verses. At that time, Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn, and his disciples were hungered and began to pluck the ears of corn, and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. But he said unto them, Have ye not read what David did when he was unhungered, and they were the, they that were with him, how he entered into the house of God and did eat the show which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them which were with him, but only for the priests? Or have ye not read in the law how that on the Sabbath days the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath, and are blameless? But I say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple. But if he had known what this meaneth, I I will have mercy and not sacrifice, ye ye would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath day. And when he was departed thence, he went into their synagogue. And behold, there was a man which had his hand withered. And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days that they might accuse him? And they said unto him unto them he said unto them what man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day will he not lay hold on it and lift it out how much then how much then is is a man better than a sheep wherefore it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days all right so um, my sermon today is about uh, the Sabbath day and um, Jesus here the the uh, Pharisees were always uh, there's a few instances in the in the New Testament where the Pharisees kept telling Jesus that you're not supposed to do any work on the Sabbath day, and they they actually came to the point of trying to trying to have him killed because he was doing miracles on the Sabbath day. But uh, I'm just going to look at the Sabbath day and see what the Bible has to say about the Sabbath, and there's quite a bit about it actually, and um, and it, it's it's very relevant to even to salvation too. So, um, so first of all, I'm going to go to Exodus chapter 20, which is where the law was given. So Exodus chapter 20. And my my wife was asking me about the Sabbath this week when she was she was doing her Bible study. So, uh, I think, you know, and there's quite a bit in the Bible about it. So I'm going to I'm going to cover what it has to say. So Exodus chapter 20 is where the Ten Commandments are listed. And um, so I'm just going to start with uh, chapter 20, verse 1. And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that it, in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. So that's, I think, the fourth commandment, right? One, two, that's the, and we got, yep, the fourth commandment is the Sabbath. So it's high, it's pretty high up on the list of of the Ten Commandments. And the first three have, are, you know, against idolatry and having other gods and taking the name of the Lord in vain. But then we have the Sabbath. And uh, that harkens back to Genesis chapter 2, where it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made, and rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in that in it... He had rested from all his work, which God created and made. So, the commandment was is not to do any work on the Sabbath day, and it's be, it's because God rested; He Himself rested on the Sabbath day. So, it's um, for us to remember that it says. But um, okay, so then in Exodus thirty-one, we go to Exodus thirty-one. Exodus 31 and verse 13. We'll start in verse 13. Verse 12. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak thou also unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily, my Sabbaths ye shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that ye may know that I am the Lord that doth sanctify you. Ye shall keep the Sabbath, therefore. For it is holy unto you. Every one that defileth it shall surely be put to death. For whosoever doeth any work therein, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Six days may work be done, but in the seventh is the Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whosoever doeth any work in the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. Wherefore the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever, for in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. So the, so the Sabbath has a serious penalty in the Old Testament. It's got the death penalty attached to it, and this is why the Pharisees kept telling Jesus, you can't do any work on the Sabbath day. The Pharisees were telling everyone, you have to keep the law. And that includes the sabbath day right and so they would try they they sought to have him killed for working on the sabbath day for doing miracles and um that's and that's because it's written in the law there's a death penalty associated with that now today we don't have to keep the sabbath it's it's not and we're going to cover these verses as because some churches today say that yes you still have to keep the sabbath day and the Seventh Day Adventist Church is one of them, and they—if you—if you—and you, if you, you have—they have their services on Saturday because that's when the Jews observe the Sabbath over, in, like in Israel, from Friday night to to Saturday night. That's when their—that's when they celebrate their their Sabbath, right? So they have church on uh, Saturday, and they say you must keep the Sabbath, and it's one of their like one of their many. Things you have to keep, do to be saved, right? To keep the law for for salvation, they they say, right? Um, but we're going to see what, and we're going to see what the Bible has to say. Do we have to keep it still? And like, is there a death penalty associated with it? <clears throat> there's, it's, there, there's definitely some some symbolism in there that we're going to see later on when we get into the New Testament, what it has to say. The mic? Yeah.
1: Sorry to sure. <clears throat> With those churches who yeah. uh, keep the Sabbath, right, and they, they do it based on the Bible, right? Yes. Do those same churches um, put the death penalty into their members? No. Keep the
0: Sabbath? No, they don't. Right. It's like if you don't keep the Sabbath, like if you don't go to their church, then you're not saved. Right. But so in a sense, it is the death penalty because they consider you not saved. In other words, you're going to hell. Right. But so.
1: in the Old Testament is mm. not.
0: Yeah. Uh, authority yes, they did. There was a guy. I believe there's a story about a guy. I don't have the exact verse, here, but there was a guy who was gathering wood on the Sabbath day, and they put him to death. Like he was supposed to be put to death. Yeah, in the Old Testament. Yeah. The Old yeah. Testament, yeah. yeah.
1: And they, right. The reason I'm asking is yeah. because if if the if any uh, church says to keep the commandment, right, they are yeah. responsible to keep. 100%. Exactly.
0: Yeah, which is why the Pharisees are called hypocrites because mm-hmm. they say to keep the law, but they themselves don't keep it. And and, they're, and the Seventh Day Adventist Church, those type of churches, they're the modern day Pharisees, right? They tell you you got to keep the law, but they themselves are not capable of keeping the entire law. And in it says in um, James two ten, if you if you break one law, you've broken them all, basically. So you can't just keep pick and choose which laws you're going to keep. You either got to keep it all, or you can't, or or you know it's all or nothing, right? And nobody's capable of keeping the law for salvation. Uh, but so now in um, I'm going to go now to Isaiah chapter one. Isaiah chapter one, and, and um, yeah, like I I've. Had arguments with with um, our cousin, uh, my wife's cousin, about do you have to keep the Sabbath day for salvation? Like if, you know, and he's like he says, no, you got to keep it. You got to keep it. So he goes to church on Saturday, but then he himself doesn't always go to church. So he's 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 not keeping it himself, right? He's not always keeping it either. So Isaiah chapter one. The vision of Isaiah, okay, son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Isaiah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, king of Judah. Now I'm going to go to verse 10. (coughs) Verse 10. Hear the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom. Give ear unto the law of our God, ye people of Gomorrah. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me, saith the Lord? I am full of the burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts, and I delight not in the blood of bullocks or of lambs or of he-goats. When you come to appear before me, who hath required this at your hand to tread my courts? Bring no more vain oblations, is an abomination unto me, the new moons and sabbaths, the calling of assemblies I cannot away with, it is iniquity, even the solemn meeting. Your new moons and your appointed feasts my soul hateth. They are a trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. So, And when you spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. Yea, when you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. So God himself is not happy with them. They're keeping the feasts. They're keeping the Sabbath days but he has no pleasure in it because they're not actually they're not keeping the law how they're supposed to. They're not uh, he's angry at them because they're they're always they always go back and worship idols all the time and they're they're not keeping the law what they're supposed to be doing. So even in the Old Testament, he's saying he's not he's not happy with it, right? Just Empty, like keeping, it's like going through the motions, right? They're just going through the motions, keeping the feasts, keeping the Sabbaths, but really they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. So he has no pleasure in that. So now, I'm going to go to Matthew 19, getting into the New Testament now. Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19 verse starting in verse 16 And behold <clears throat> one came and said unto him Good master what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life And he said unto him Why callest thou me good There is none good but one that is God But if thou wilt enter into life keep the commandments he saith unto him Which Jesus said Thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man saith unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up, what lack I yet? Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me." But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Verily, I say, Then Jesus said unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. So, notice he was asked, which commandments should he be keeping for eternal life, right? Notice, he said, murder, adultery, shall not steal, not, don't bear false witness, honor thy father and mother, love thy neighbor as thyself. He doesn't say anything about keeping the Sabbath day as as one of the commandments uh, to the rich young ruler. So I find that interesting. He did not mention the Sabbath, and in Matthew 22, and we'll see later why he's not mentioning it, because it'll make sense if, by the end. But Matthew 22, verse 34. When the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So he's saying those are the two great commandments. And if you're keeping those two, then you're keeping the... He's considered you as keeping the entire law because if you love your neighbor as yourself, you're not going to steal, you're not going to murder, you're not going to do any of those things. But the Sabbath day sort of doesn't fit into that category as automatically being kept, sort of. It's not like something that you're doing like a crime or something you're committing against someone, but there's a reason for that. Um, but the Seventh-day Adventists will look at that and say, yeah, but those are the two, but then you still got to keep the Sabbath, right? There's, <laughs> they, they will still tell you that, right? Even though he didn't mention it. Now, in Colossians chapter 2, we're going to see a more direct uh, verse about whether or not we need to be keeping the Sabbath. Colossians chapter two, verse sixteen. Colossians two sixteen says, "Let no man, therefore, judge you in meat or in drink, or in respect of an holy day, or of the new moon, or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ." So Paul there. Is saying, let no one judge you in any of these things, what you're eating, like the meat too, because the, in the Old Testament, the law says you can't eat certain meats, right? So Colossians 2.16 is saying, let no one judge you about meats, drinks, and and holy days, new moon, or Sabbath days. The new moon is, is talking about the feast days, because they're often tied to the new moon. And... Um, in the in respect of a holy day or of the Sabbath days he's saying let no man judge you in that because those things were a shadow of things to come but the body is of Christ so these things were a shadow of, of it's sort of a, a picture of things to come in the New Testament so it's like a, the those ordinances that were in the Old Testament were just a shadow of what of, of Jesus Christ right so and we're going to get into what what the Sabbath day represents with that symbolism. And uh, I'm going to go now to Romans 14. Romans 14. Romans 14, verse 5. One man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. He that regardeth the day, regardeth it unto the Lord. And he that regardeth not the day to the Lord, he doth not regard it. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord, for he giveth God's thanks. And he that eateth not to the Lord, he eateth not and giveth God thanks. So he's saying, let every man be fully persuaded in his, in his own mind about what days are more important than other days, right? It's up to it's up to each believer to decide: Are you going to keep the Sabbath, or are you, are you going to celebrate it on Sunday or on Saturday? The Bible also says not to forsake the assembly of ourselves together as well. So we should go. We should, you know, we should go to church, right? But um, as to whether it's on a Saturday or a Sunday, because the calendar's all been changed too since the Old Testament, we don't really know what the correct day is anyway but there's no death penalty on us for that it's up to us if we don't even want to keep a sabbath day we don't have to according to that some people have to work right you don't some people there's there's no avoiding working on sunday sometimes so we have more of liberty it's liberty that we have in christ right so and one of those liberties is you know let no one judge you on what you're eating drinking or celebrating as holy days or sabbath days Okay, so now I'm going to go to Mark chapter 2. Mark 2, we're going to see another scene there where Jesus comes across uh, the Sabbath day again. The Sabbath issue came up. Came up. Uh, Mark two twenty-three, And it came to pass that he went through the cornfields on the Sabbath day And his disciples began, as they went, to pluck the ears of corn. And the Pharisees said unto him, Behold, why do they on the Sabbath day that which is not lawful? And he said unto them, Have ye never read what David did when he had need, when he was a-hungered, and he and they that were with him? How he went into the house of God in the days of Abiathar the high priest, and did eat the showbread, which is not lawful to eat, but for the priests, and gave also to them which were with him? He said unto them, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. So it says the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. So it's made for us. God wanted us to have a day of rest. It's, it's his favor to us, basically. You know, because it's good. To, it's not good to work every all the time without rest, right? So he wanted us to have a, a day of rest. So it says it was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. So we should not be a slave to keeping these to keeping the Sabbath, right? We don't have to be a slave to it because it's made for man, and not we're not made for that for it. We're not to be servants of that day, right? It's it's different. So therefore, the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. So Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath, it says. And in, okay, so next in Luke six, we'll see we'll see something again in Luke chapter six. Luke six, first the first first uh, first nine voice, uh, verses. I think it's a parallel passage of the Matthew one. And it came to pass on the second Sabbath after the first that he went through the cornfields and his disciples plucked the ears of corn and did eat, rubbing them in their hands. And certain of the Pharisees said unto them, Why do ye that which is not lawful to do in the Sabbath days? And Jesus answering them said, Have you not read so much as this, what David did when he, when himself was unhungered, and they which were with him, how he went into the house of God and did take and eat the showbread? and gave also to them that were with him, which it is not lawful to eat, but for the priests alone. And he said unto them, That the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. And it came to pass also on another Sabbath, that he entered into the synagogue and taught, and there was a man whose right hand was withered, and the scribes and the Pharisees watched him, whether he would heal on the Sabbath day, that they might find an accusation against him. But he knew their thoughts and said to the man which had the withered hand, Rise up and stand forth in the midst. And he arose and stood forth. And Jesus said unto them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath days to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? And looking around about upon them all, he said unto the man, Stretch forth thy hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored whole as the other. And they were filled with madness and communed one with another what they might do to Jesus. So Jesus here is saying that we can, it's good. You can do good on the Sabbath day. Why? What? You know what's the problem of healing on the Sabbath day? And the Pharisees they were filled with madness. It says they wanted they wanted him dead just for doing that on the Sabbath day. But he knew, he knew that they themselves were not keeping the law. So. And then he keeps mentioning, mentioning David as well as an example that David also, you know, did th- something that said it was not lawful to do, and but it was okay, right? So it's an example of, you know, it's, it doesn't have to be so strict about the Sabbath day. It's good to, you know, you can do good on the Sabbath day according to Jesus, right? And now to John chapter 5. John 5. Okay, this is where he was at the Jerusalem, in the pool in Jerusalem, when there was a man who was waiting to go into the pool because an angel would come down and trouble the waters. And if you the first person who goes in there would get healed, right? And Jesus healed him because the guy said, well, I couldn't, you know... When the water is troubled, there was no one to put him into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. So he was there for a long time. He wasn't getting healed. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. That's 5, verse 8. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed, and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, It is the Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. He answered them, He that made me whole, the same said unto me, Take up thy bed and walk. And asked they them, What man is that which said unto thee, Take up thy bed and walk? And he that was healed wist not who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. Afterward Jesus findeth him in the temple, and saith unto him, Behold, thou art made whole, sin no more, lest the worst thing come unto thee. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. But Jesus answered them, My father worketh hitherto, and I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but had said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Right, so Jesus has a good point there. His father's work, he is God himself. Manifest in the flesh. He, if God can work on the Sabbath, right? Even though He's commanded man not to, God is the making. God is the author of the uh, Ten Commandments, right? So, of course, Jesus can do can do work on the Sabbath day because He is God, right? But they wanted to kill Him because He's saying He's equal with God, and they the Jews rejected Jesus, right? Saying, you know, he, if you worship Jesus then you're, you're committing idolatry. That's how the Jews see, see things, right? Even today, that's what they'll say. That if you worship him, you're worshiping a man, you're putting another god in front of God the Father, right? So they see it as idolatry, so they would try and kill, they, they wanted to kill him because he said he, he is God. Okay, so again... He was healing on the Sabbath day, and that really enraged the the, uh, the Jew, the Pharisees. Okay, so back to Matthew chapter eleven. Matthew eleven, uh, verse verse twenty eight. It says. Come unto me all that ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. His yoke is easy because we we're, we're not saved we're saved by faith just faith, grace through faith, right? We're not we don't have to do works to be saved. So his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And um he wants all that are laboring to come into his, into his rest, and he will give us rest. Now, that's a picture of salvation, right? So it's also rest in terms of the Sabbath, a Sabbath rest, right? It's similar to how the Sabbath is a day of rest, right? Well, Matthew 11 there is t- saying that uh, he, you'll find rest unto your souls once you come to him. And now, I'm going to go to Hebrews. The book of Hebrews has a lot of verses about about entering into his rest. So Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 15. While it is said... Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believe not? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Let us therefore... Continuing in chapter 4, Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest. Any of you should come to seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. Seeing it therefore remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again he limiteth a certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long a time, as it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? There remaineth, therefore, a rest to the people of God. For he that has entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works, as God did from his... Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. So Hebrews 4, 3 and 4 there is talking about how to enter into Jesus' rest, the, the rest that we get when he come unto him, right? So we enter into his rest, according to this, by ceasing from our own works, right? Because we're not saved by works. We're, we have to stop working, to enter into His rest, and that's why it's, it's rest, right? It's so the Sabbath day was a picture of of salvation, because we're entering in, we're entering into Jesus's rest when we cease from our own works, and not just ceasing from your own works, but through belief, right? So believing the gospel and not trusting your own works to get you to heaven, but just trusting Jesus only—that's what gives you that rest that we're entering into and uh, it also harkens back to Exodus chapter 19. So I'm gonna go back to Exodus chapter 19. So Exodus 19. So Exodus 19, verse, f- verse 5. Okay. So this is when they were in, I'll just start with verse 1. In the third month, when the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day they came they into the wilderness of Sinai. For they were departed from Rephidim and were come to the desert of Sinai and had pitched in the wilderness. And there Israel camped before the mount. And Moses went up to God, and the Lord called him unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bare you in eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. So this harkens back to Brother Dan's sermon of last week about that holy nation and the peculiar people, right? So in Hebrews it was mentioning that they, the, the uh, children of Israel could not enter into the promised land because of unbelief, right? They didn't believe, they didn't trust in God. So they were not able to enter into enter in and entering into the promised land is is for us today is entering into the, entering into rest when we're in salvation, entering into coming to Jesus and entering into His rest. Right. So they were going to become the holy nation and the peculiar people if the children of Israel had listened to God and done what He had wanted them to do, but because of unbelief they were not able to enter into that country and they did not become the holy nation, the peculiar people. But in the New Testament, it says that we're the holy nation and we're the peculiar people because we've believed, through belief, we've entered into that rest, right? And uh, I'm going to, in that, let's see, numbers. Yeah, okay. The entering into his rest. So I'm going to go to Numbers 14. Numbers chapter 14. This will tell us more about what happened back then. Numbers 14. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in this wilderness. And wherefore hath the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? And they said one to another, Let us make a captain, and let us return into Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. So they wanted to go back to Egypt there. They had they got into the wilderness, and they were you know they were complaining. They were you know they didn't want they wanted to go back to Egypt, and I don't think God was too pleased with that. And uh, let's continue with verse six. And Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes, and they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we passed through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us, a land which which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. But all the congregation bade stone them with stones, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long will this people provoke me? And how long will it be ere they believe me for all the signs which I have showed among them? I will smite them with the pestilence and, and disinherit them and will make of thee a greater nation and mightier than they. So the Lord was telling Moses he was going to disinherit them completely and just go start with Moses again. Just start, start over with just Moses, right? And try, try again. And Moses said unto the Lord, Then the Egyptians shall hear it, for thou broughtest up this people in thy might from among them, and they will tell it to the inhabitants of this land. For they have heard that thou, Lord, art among this people, that thou, Lord, art seen face to face, and that thy cloud standeth over them, and that thou goest before them by day, time, in a pillar of a cloud, and in a pillar of fire by night. Now, if thou shalt kill all this people as one man, Then the nations which have heard the fame of thee will speak, saying, Because the Lord was not able to bring this people into the land which he sware unto them, therefore he hath slain them in the wilderness. And now I beseech thee, let the power of my Lord be great, according as thou hast spoken, saying, The Lord is long suffering and of great mercy forgiving iniquity and transgression and by no means clearing the guilty visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the generation unto the 3rd and 4th unto the upon the children unto the 3rd and 4th generation pardon i beseech thee the iniquity of this people according unto the greatness of thy mercy and as thou hast forgiven this people from egypt even until now and the lord said i have pardoned according to thy word but as i truly as i live All the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have tempted me now these ten times, and have not hearkened to my voice, surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him, and had followed me fully, him will I bring into the land where into he went. And his seed shall possess it. Now the Amalekites and the Canaanites dwelt in the valley. Tomorrow turn you and get you into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. So he's saying now he's going to say okay I'm not going to kill everybody, but they're not going to get into the land. They're not getting in because of unbelief. So that's when it says in Hebrews they couldn't enter in due to unbelief. It's it's going back to Numbers 14 here, and only Caleb gets to go in because he fully. Trusted in the Lord, whereas the other people were rejecting the word. They were rejecting the word of the Lord, and it's like when people hear the gospel and they reject it, they can't enter into that rest. It's only the people with who will believe the gospel that get to enter into the rest. So, and then now I'm going to go back to Luke chapter 17. Luke 17. Luke 17 verse 20 and when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come he answered them and said the kingdom of God cometh not cometh not with observation neither shall they say lo here or lo there for behold the kingdom of God is within you so when we get saved, we enter into that rest. We're entering into the kingdom of God. And it's not a nation we can see, right? It's it's within us, right? It's, all, it's comprised of all the people who believe the gospel. All the people who are saved have entered into that rest and have entered into the kingdom of God. There's going to be a literal kingdom of God later on down the line, but for now, the kingdom of God is within us, right? Because we've got the Holy Spirit when you're saved and... God is in you, right? So the Sabbath was a picture of salvation, of grace through faith without the works of the law. a shadow of good things to come. And the reason they had a death penalty for the Sabbath is because it was a foreshadowing of people who, if you reject if you don't keep the Sabbath, if you, so if the, keeping the Sabbath is a picture of salvation, then if you break that, if you're not keeping the Sabbath, then the penalty for not believing the gospel is hell, right? So, if you don't no believe if through unbelief you end up in hell so the, so actually the death penalty for the Sabbath was a picture of people who would reject the gospel and that's why the penalty was so severe it seems like it's so severe for us but that's the reason because it's a picture of salvation to come so when we are saved we have entered into his rest we have ceased from our works as it says in Hebrews and so that means every once you're saved, Every day is the Sabbath because Jesus is our Sabbath, right? He is our rest, according to what it says, entering into his rest. He is our rest. So that is really the, re- the real reason why we don't have to keep a specific day on the calendar because if you're saved, you are keeping the Sabbath, right? Automatically because you've entered into his rest. So that's all I have for today. So I'm going to end with a, a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for the, the, the all of the references to the Sabbath and the Ten Commandments and um, I pray that uh, everyone who came today will be blessed and hopefully everyone has learned a little bit something today about things in the Old Testament are pictures of things to come sometimes and there's reasons for, thing, for certain things that we might not see at first but then when we read into the New Testament, we, we understand now. So bless everyone that came here and bless this congregation. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen. that's, uh,
1: that's really uh, opens up the, uh, the understanding <clears throat> about just being in Christ and uh, entering into that rest. Rest from working and striving to please God when what pleases the Lord is entering into the rest, receiving Jesus Christ for what he did so that we could be saved, uh, not by the works of law and our righteousness, but by his mercy, the Bible says, he saved us.